Welcome to the We Date Modern podcast, a fresh approach to modern dating with clarity and confidence. I'm Chanel Dokun, a relationship expert trained in marriage and family therapy. Each week on the podcast, I'll be hosting a somewhat irreverent conversation about love, sex, and marriage from a Christian perspective. I believe healthy relationships are possible, but we have to create them together. Thanks for joining us. On today's episode, we're joined by Christy Olivson, a 32-year-old journalist here in New York City. We'll be talking to Christy about how she dances that fine line between defining your valid needs and arbitrary preferences. We'll also be talking to Christy about kind of the idea that maybe Christians need to renew their entire approach to dating. I can't wait to hear what you think about this one. Hi, Christy. So thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah. So I'm so glad that you're here because you're going to be sharing a little bit with us today about your story, as well as diving into a really interesting conversation on preferences and needs today. And before we kind of get into our topic, I wanted to give our listeners a little idea of kind of where you are in your dating life right now. So why don't you tell us what's been going on with you? Yeah, so I'm a journalist. I work full-time in the city. Um, I don't feel like I put a ton of effort or time into dating right now. Um, I sort of feel this pressure to do it. Um, Most people are on apps and they're kind of putting in time. And um, I just haven't really been doing that. I probably go on a few dates a year with um, people in my circle or people that friends introduce me to. But I do feel that pressure to get out there more and and I want to, but it feels like an energy that I don't quite have at the moment, to be honest. Yeah. I hear when people talk about dating, it sounds like it's like a full-time job. It's like another thing to try to manage in your life and make sense of. Yeah. It it feels like almost like a game I have to play or (laughs) yeah, it feels like this thing that I need to muster up and there's nothing wrong with putting that effort in, but when it doesn't fit into the space of your life already, I, I don't know. But I also feel like that's kind of how people end up not meeting someone when, when they're just home every weekend. So I don't want to do that either. Right. So finding that balance between, okay, I want to put some energy into this, but I also don't want it to monopolize like all of my existence and everything I'm doing. Um, we had this friend many years ago who used to go out on like, she would meet guys online and she would go out on dates for like, I don't know, it was like literally like four or five guys a week. And I just thought that sounds exhausting, you know, just to be on that constant, like the constant experience of putting yourself out there, getting to know someone new. And it just felt like too much, like it was occupying everything for her. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Well, so what would you say as you're kind of navigating this and and finding that balance, what do you think is the real challenge that you're running into with dating? What are you seeing out there kind of in the game? Yeah, I think in Christian dating, the highest priority I would say that I want to do when I'm when I'm choosing someone to date should be their character, their integrity, their motives in making decisions, their heart. What are they actually like as a person? And I think our culture, especially in New York, um, is just not set up to get to know people that way. Um, whether we're looking at apps or whether we're looking at social events in the church, it's very much um, done the way the world chooses mates. And that's really hard for me. And sometimes I feel like I have to 
fit myself into a mold um, of the world to find a Christian man. And again, this is not a bashing of of Christian men. I think we all do this. Um, we obviously want someone we're attracted to. We want somebody, but we kind of want it all. We want we want a Christian man who really loves Jesus, who's also really attractive and taller than us and <laughs> physically fit, and he has a good job. And it's almost like this overly perfectionistic um, way of selecting people. And I think the way that the dating app culture has infiltrated the church has affected us psychologically on a very, very deep level. And I think we honestly don't even realize how much we have commodified the dating experience in the church. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's going to be a lot of consequences of that, like years from now, because of just the way that we view people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is actually one of my real passions, um, and I'm so glad we're talking about this with you today, especially as somebody who is a journalist who's working in media, kind of playing in that space a lot of times in terms of um, what it means to communicate and to brand and present things in a certain way and having to have that kind of high level of attention to it. Um, I know that both for We Date Modern and kind of the book that I'm working on, one of the real areas that I'm investigating is this area of online dating and the apps and all of that and how that has influenced our perspective in terms of um, how we approach the whole dating process just like at the outset. And you you nailed it. It's this idea of we've kind of commodified relationships in a way that uh, I don't think that they're meant to be for sure. And just in general, I don't think it's healthy for anyone, but particularly within the church when it's so far from what our actual belief system says about um, the value of human beings. And so I'm curious for you, um, cause this does lead a little bit into that. Like, how do you select a mate, right? Like, like how do you know what is a worthwhile quality to be seeking in someone versus maybe an arbitrary pre- like preference for that person? Yeah, this is tricky because I, I do believe, you know, attraction is important. And I would never say don't select someone you're not attracted to whatsoever. But I do think attraction can grow. I do think that we need to be people who are questioning um sort of the biases that we have and we may not know that we have them um you know i think things like height race um just background can really influence our selection and i think sometimes i know in my own life i maybe have considered oh i'm very open you know i would date a guy shorter than me um i'll date a guy of a different race but when i see those people either on an app or in my church am i really open to them and I think we have to really question if we are and maybe what's keeping us from being open um and I think you know I have a lot of friends who would say well I really don't think I can date someone who's shorter than me and I'm not going to tell them you know that's wrong but I would say you know think about the long haul first of all our lives are not that long (laughs) second of all you know, marriage is obviously, from a Christian perspective, meant to be lifelong. What do you, what's something that is important to last for a life, you know? And I think I want to be someone who's choosing based on character and who this person is. And this is sort of a really cheesy quote, but I had a mentor once say, if you want to find someone to marry, 
run as fast as you can towards God and look and see who's running next to you. And I was like, that is so lame. That is pretty lame, but yes. I like it. I like but it. then I was like, but it's kind of true. You know, if you're just trying to select people based on the way the world is, I just, I don't know if we're setting ourselves up for successful marriages. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm not married, but I just have to think that we have to really think about what is a need and what is a preference. And I think we have to question ourselves a lot more than we do. And that goes for myself just as much as anyone, anyone else. Yeah. And I think I like what you're saying about kind of, we need to do that questioning process and kind of look internally and see what's going on there, right? What are those biases that pop up when we encounter something new or something that we thought we were open to or what have you? Because I think something that could be maybe superficial for one person might actually not be very superficial for the other. So I don't think it's 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 the trait in and of itself that is something to be dismissed. The example I, I wanted to give is just that um, I know back when I was single, there was this guy that went to our church and Christy and I are, we, by like full disclosure, we have gone to the same church for many, many years. We don't at this moment, but we used to. And so there's this guy in our church who, um, you know, I'm a black female. He was like one of the only other black guys, not the one you're thinking, Christy, but a different guy. <laughs> um, cause we're like, we're, there's like a handful of us. Okay. Everybody. So, um, there's this one guy and I was just like, he is so hot. Like I could not get enough of him. I was obsessed and, um, just let down after let down of him not being interested in me. And I was like, what is going on? And I remember being at this party at our friend's house. It was like a costume party kind of thing. We're hanging out. It's New York City. We're like in Brooklyn, in a duplex. It was so great. And I remember he made some comment about how like he didn't like to read. And like he was like, oh, yeah, you know, like books are stupid or something like that. Like he's like, I read like business books, you know, like real stuff and journals. And I just remember going like, I'm an English major. Like, this is so dumb that you're not, you know, like, so why have I been let down by this guy who does not, um, you know, does not relate to me at this like very core level, right? Because literature was so important to me, thinking about the world and engaging with the world in this way through books and through, you know, story and all of that. Um, connected me to the human experience. It's had so much to do with how I kind of process life that, yeah, on one level, I could just be like, it's really important to me that I date a guy who reads, <laughs> right? But it actually was a deep thing. It wasn't just like a, a small, small preference. Um, and then even with my husband now, I mean, he happens to read things that I don't always love, right? Mm-hmm. But he does read and he does process the world in that way. So I think there, there are qualities or traits that might be deeply meaningful to us. And I think it's worth kind of pausing and, and doing that kind of heart work to say, what is that about? Like, why do I care about that thing? If it's the height, what is it about the height that matters to me? You yeah. Know? And that's where I feel like some of the work you can do as an individual is really important. Um, things like counseling, um, Chanel does a life plan process, which I went through with her last year. And I think things like that are just really important because it is really hard to select somebody um, when you don't really know yourself, you don't know your your wounds, you don't know your vulnerabilities. And again, we're never going to arrive. We're always in that process. But I think just 
knowing that we've begun that process and, you know, looking for someone else who's also, you know, doing that kind of processing too. And, and they're confident in who they are to an extent. I mean, obviously as individuals, we're never going to arrive. And I do think it's a problem when the church says, you know, once you're together enough, uh, you're going to find a man because, you know, that's a whole nother topic, but it's, it, it can cause a lot of problems because whether or not you're married usually um, has very little to do with how emotionally healthy you are. I mean, if I really wanted to be married, mm-hmm. <laughs> I could probably like work really hard and, and figure something out, but that's obviously not the point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, um, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say that I was at a place of peak emotional health, right. When I like got married Um, there's still a lot that I've had to do and that I continue to do and probably will do, uh, for the rest of my life in terms of growth. And I think there are some key areas where it was really important for me to heal and, you know, mature prior to being able to like be in such an intimate experience with someone. But I think you're right. I think it's not, um, you know, we do, we don't really reach that place of arrival, right, on this side of heaven, I think that there's still a little bit more work to be done and that kind of continual sanctification and growth process that happens in us. Um, I'm curious for you, like, what are some of the things that kind of go on your list in terms of now having done things like therapy, having done, you know, your life plan? What might you say are some of the things that are your priorities in terms of what you're seeking in a partner? Yeah, this is actually a hard question. I didn't yeah. think too much before coming about that. But I think, to be honest, which is the point, right? I really want somebody who's running after the same things as me. Um, you know, in a dream scenario, you know, I'm, I'm sort of transitioning career-wise from a journalism area to more of a nonprofit, social justice, humanitarian sphere. So I would love somebody with that kind of... Um, I don't know if background is fair, but that kind of bent or priority in their lives. Um, someone who's going to want to volunteer and not out of obligation, but somebody who really like, that's something that they love doing. That's something they're already doing. Um, but honestly, I really just want to find somebody that's really making God a priority. And, um, does that mean that I don't look at men and think differently or think, um, Oh, maybe that could work. Um, no, I mean, that's what I want to want, if that makes sense. I want to be somebody who, when I'm looking at the dating pool, that is what I'm thinking about, their character, their integrity. Um, but obviously, I also want to be somebody who's making those goals high in my own life. So in terms of what I'm looking for, I honestly think that's about it. Um, it's more about the direction of someone's life, not where they are right this second. What are they running towards? What are they running to? What's, yeah, how are they trying to be shaped? It's not about, yeah, they've got everything together right this second. Um, And I do think we have to be challenged on the physical aspect. I'm happy to get more into that because I have, I think that that's an area that we really, as a culture in the church, need to do some deep thinking about. So wait, let's go there. I want to talk about it. So... (laughs) What is it in that kind of physical space that you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, this may be specific to an urban context where, you know, most people in my life stage in their 30s single, um, 
the way that we meet people in the church is the way that people in the world meet. We go to bars that are very loud. We drink alcohol. Um, I actually don't drink. I don't, not out of a moralistic thing. I just genuinely don't like alcohol. But um, yeah, we end up placing ourselves in situations that are exactly like the world. Um, And then we are supposed to find people based on their character. It just doesn't make sense. Like, how am I going to really get to know somebody Again, I don't think you're going to get to know somebody in the first 10 minutes, but I just don't think we're setting ourselves up for success, you know? And there's a girl in New York, I don't actually know her, but she recently started like an event series called Proximity Events, which if you live here, you should take a look at. And she's doing what I have wanted someone to do for so long, which is to make Christian, and it's not a dating thing, it's more about Christian churches and people getting to know each other from different churches. But she's having people like go bowling and have a scavenger hunt and go to the Statue of Liberty and whatever, like do things where I actually can feel like myself. I do not feel like myself in a bar. And I really think it's a problem when, and this could be just as much my own insecurity coming into play, but when I'm going to a bar to meet Christian men, and that's pretty much the goal of this party, and my thought is, what am I going to wear? I should probably dress a little bit more sexy to get attracted. And I know that that actually will probably work. I don't want to do, I don't want to have to do that. I don't want that to even be a thought in my mind. Mm. Um, but the way that we're selecting people in the church is exactly like the world. And that's a problem in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, I would love it if a man would say, wow, I was really attracted to that girl because she wasn't dressed like everyone else. I know I'm sounding a little bit like 1999 right now, but it's just, I do think it's a problem. One of my favorite books is this book called A Return to Modesty by Wendy Shallot. Have you read this book? No. Oh man, it's so good. I'll put it in the show notes so that you guys can read it. It's a little bit of that like archaic conservative ideal, but it is this beautiful story. Um, not story, it's it's nonfiction, but it's just a, a beautiful kind of um, return to modesty and exploring what is the value and power of modesty and what did it do for us and what ways did it protect women. Um, and I think that we're so quick to want to dismiss it as being anti-feminist and it's just a really beautiful um, kind of argument, I think, for Uh, being a little bit more conservative and modest in certain ways. Um, So uh, like I said, I'll put that in the show notes for you so you can grab it. But I, I love what you mentioned about proximity. It's so funny. It's like, I feel like Christy, we're always living like parallel lives. Cause I literally, I, you guys are, I'm not making this up. I was on the phone with the founder of proximity yesterday. So we've totally been talking about it and hopefully we'll get her on the podcast at some point soon. It's interesting how she described it because, um, you know, she's, I think, wrestling with uh, both wanting it to, you know, being grateful that it provides an opportunity for dating and couples and all of that, um, but also not wanting it to be um, solely something that's about dating, right? Because as you said, that's not entirely the, appoint- the point of it, just to yeah. attract the other, but to develop community and focusing on what it means for Christians from all different churches to participate in life together and providing these really natural points of intersection for us because we live in proximity to one another. And what does it mean when we are able to get closer? Um, so it's really beautiful. Like I said, I hopefully I get her on here and we can do, do some more with proximity. Um, but I think one of the, um, 
one of the things you talked about that, you know, I was speaking to her about actually was you're so right in that we engage in dating just like the rest of the world. I mean, that's, if you want to know really my heart behind We Date Modern is I want to do something totally subversive where I would love if we could just renew the culture around dating. I think it doesn't make sense that we don't have the healthiest relationships as Christians. We actually have the number one template for what relationships look like, (laughs) right? We actually know um, the deepest, or we should have the deepest understanding of what it means to be human, what it means to love one another and to treat people as brothers and sisters and even pictures of romance. And so while scripture doesn't explicitly tell us everything about how to date, it tells us a lot about how to relate to one another. And so I think what's silly is that we, uh, we've just mimicked and kind of borrowed from the larger culture what everyone else does when it comes to dating. And then we expect to have relationships that look different than them. So I 100% agree with you that there is something about the way that we attempt to acquire and engage in relationship that if we're not thinking about the process by which we date, how do we expect our relationships once they're fully formed to look much different? Yeah. Can I elaborate a little yeah, bit on that? I think Absolutely. I think that's exactly how I feel and I would never say, you know, you should never buy clothes that make you feel sexy or beautiful or fun or flirty. I would never say don't wear lip, you know, I'm not like some crazy closet (laughs) conservative. I just think we need to think about what we're doing a little bit more, um, and not just copy the world and, and expect it to be, to be different. And I think I would love to be in a place where what I'm already doing naturally in my life is where I'm going to meet Christian men because we're sort of doing the same stuff. You know, we're doing fun things together um, as groups, as church people in the city. Um, we volunteer at the same places. Um, I don't want to have to feel like I have to restructure my schedule to seek out a man. But again, I'm not saying that's wrong because a lot of people feel like they have to put in that effort these days. And I think I'm just in a place where I'm tired, to be honest, and I don't want to have to do that restructuring mm-hmm. Um and, 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 and again, that, that may mean I don't meet somebody. And I think I'm in a place now where if that's the worst thing that happens, then that, that's okay. Um, because it is more important to me to structure a life that I believe in and care about than to sort of, yeah, re-manipulate my entire life to, to find this, this thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think you've made an important distinction, too. When it comes to the restructuring of our lives, are we talking about restructuring in terms of doing something that is completely out of character with who you are. Like when you mention, hey, I'm somebody who doesn't even drink. What am I doing hanging out at a bar, right? That's not actually a natural place for me to be, right? Versus, you know, I want to uh, just meet somebody when I'm out and about doing the things that I actually really care about. And when I'm Uh, when I have a high knowledge of self and when I'm pursuing the things that I really care about and that I believe with that God has also created me to do, it's a lot easier to look around and say, you know, who is the guy that's running in the same direction with me? Like, what are, what are you up to? I think, you know, I want to include just that caveat of, well, we don't want to be too rigid, right? We don't want the situation where, you know, my husband still holds it over my head that I almost broke up with him because he 
told me he wasn't sure that he wanted to live in Brooklyn for the rest of his life. And I was like, (laughs) what kind of horrible human being are you? you (laughs) No, but I just kept thinking, I was like, you know, I had this community in Brooklyn and I was like, ride or die. These are my people. Yeah. This is where I'm located. And I really believe in living in proximity. It was a high value of our church. And I was like, I don't think I ever want to leave the city and I don't want to leave even this neighborhood. And I think I was too rigid. I think that... Luckily, I think God kind of opened my mind. Now, we still live in Brooklyn. Let me just throw that in. (laughs) But um, I think that I'm open to something else. And so I think it is important to maintain some level of flexibility, Mm -hmm. but to also be very clear on if this is where I'm hoping to build a life and to root myself, I want to find someone else that's comfortable rooting themselves and doing similar things. How do you kind of check for yourself that you're not being too picky? Is there anything that you do or? Yeah, I mean, I think I would question my motives always. So um, again, because the commodification of dating has resulted in these apps, it's really hard to check your motives when you swipe right or left every 30 seconds um, because that's a lot of decisions to motive check. Um, So I think it's important to question motives. you know, is this a value of mine? Um, or is this a preference? And is, you know, is it my preference to go to a bunch of singles events? No. But, you know, is that probably a good idea if I'd like to meet somebody? Yeah. So, you know, there are times when I would love to stay in on a Friday night, maybe every Friday night, and read a book. <laughs> this is not going to get me any dates, by the way. I all know, of these quotes. but you know, a girl um, after my own heart, so <laughs> hey, it's fine. And watch, like, depressing documentaries. Um, yeah, that's, if I do that every weekend, like, no, that's probably not going to work out for me. Um, however, you know, this is a little bit cheesy, but one of the things I really talked about um, with my Christian therapist is making decisions based on fear versus making decisions based on faith. And I think it is fearful to have to create a schedule where, um, oh, well, if I don't get out there, I'll never meet someone, you know, that can be fear. So I think it's it's thinking about it from that lens. Like, am I making a decision with faith or am I making it based on fear. And I think that question, along with a motive question and along with a character question, can get you pretty far in figuring out like how to navigate what to do, what not to do, that kind of thing. Love that. I love that. I'm going to put that question in the show notes because I feel like that's a really... It's a really simple and clear way to get to the heart of what's going on with you um, and to try to discern, um, is this truly, is this from the Lord? Is this coming from a place of faith? Is this coming from a good space? Or is this something that's actually being driven out of fear, out of me trying to scramble to try to manage something or control it for myself? Um, Is it coming from a place of hopelessness? So I love that. I think that's a question that we can all stand to ask in many areas of our life. Um, Well, Christy, thank you so much for being here today. And you've shared so much with us that I think will be really helpful. And um, we wish you the best of luck on your dating journey. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode. Remember, We Date Modern is a conversation and we value your voice. So add yours at WeDateModern.com or shoot us an email at info at WeDateModern.com.